Then put your little hand in mine There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb Welcome to Groundhog Minute, the podcast where we celebrate the 1993 classic Groundhog Day one repetitive minute at a time. I'm one of your hosts, Sean. And I'm your other host, Dave. And joining us today, we have special guest Thomas Howitt of the X-Minutes podcast, the podcast that covers the X-Men movies one scene at a time. Welcome. Thanks, guys, for having me. I am so glad that you are finally done posting. <laughs> I'm seriously though I've been looking forward to this for a long time and and your posts just kept the uh the idea fresh in my head so I'm I'm glad that we're finally able to do this. All right, yeah, thanks thanks a lot for for joining us. And and for folks that that don't know that aren't there's a uh, well I'll give a little plug for the uh movie makers and listeners group on Facebook is the the Facebook group for uh, folks that make these movie by minutes podcasts and the folks that listen to them. And I started out about eight months before, before we actually started recording. Um, usually when, when, when folks are doing a new podcast, they'll do an announcement. Hey, I'm doing, you know, I'm doing the X-Men movies or I'm doing Groundhog Day. Um, so I did a little post like, like folks do when they're planning on something. And then the next day I, I did it again. And then I did it again. And in true, uh, in true Groundhog Day fashion, I did that. Well, I didn't do it every day. I think I only lasted like a week or two. And then I cut it back Monday through Friday. But I was doing that, posting the same graphic five days a week for about eight months. <laughs> and uh, I was. I have to. I have to congratulate you on your dedication. <laughs> and and I was kind of shocked. Like it's really rare that. I will get tired of a joke first. I will run a joke into the ground and my wife, Catherine will, will attest to that. My, if I latch onto something, if I get a laugh once I'm going back to that well. And so I figured, all right, I'll do this maybe two, three, four weeks. And the members of the group will get sick of me and they'll kick me out and I'll be banished forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and one of the things I did is I started posting. So I post this one pick that was just a, a, a and actually it's, it's coming up. Tomorrow will be the actual freeze frame that the, the, the screen caps I took from the movie. And so I had a, just a picture from the movie with um, with Phil and then Ned in the background. And I just added in some text, you know, Groundhog Minute coming spring 2018. So the first post was just like, hey, I've got a new podcast coming out. And then I started posting quotes from the movie. And I, I pretty much posted the entire script <laughs> one line at a time. I like ran out of quotes and then I'm like, all right, let me do qu quotes from Bill Murray characters from other movies. Yeah, I was kind of wondering about that myself. And I ran out of other movies that he had done. And then I'm like, all right, let me do quotes that Bill Murray has said in real life. And I ran out of those. And I'm like, I did not think this joke would go on that far. But then like no one was complaining. No one was saying like, stop posting the same thing every day. So I'm like, all right, if, if you can take it, I can take it. And <laughs> <laughs> so, so where did you go from there? It sounded, it seemed like you were like making stuff up at that point. Yeah. Well then, and then that, that's probably around the time when I ran out of actual quotes, when, when, when Dave came on board and agreed to be my co-host. And then we started doing like quotes from other movies, but substituting Groundhog <laughs> in for, you know, other characters or doing lines from songs and just, you know, 
just coming up with whatever, but always with the same graphic, just the picture of Phil with, you know, Phil taking that step across the street with Ned in the background, the same picture every day or, or five days a week. And then, so if nothing else, I'm glad I don't have to post that every day. I'm sure the members yeah. of this group are glad they don't have to see it every day. <laughs> I, think, I think my favorite thing was when we would choose a, a, a movie that's hosted by, you know, a, 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 a couple of hosts on like a movie from mm, a yes. podcast, I would rather, like I say, like, you know, if it was a, the main character is played by such a chutz, I would just change it to that host and tag them. So now they got a tag that they have to look at on Facebook. And it's this long, this, this long piece of script where we've inserted ourselves and them into this movie. Yeah. And it's this weird hodgepodge of their movie and Groundhog Day. And I was like, this is, like, this is like, the, it's like the next level oh, of torture. It's like we've taken your movie and we've just twisted it for our own enjoyment. <laughs> All right. Well, so, uh, so, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so Thomas, thank you for uh, your patience and your indulgence as, as a member of that group. And thank you for your contributions to the, the Movies by Minutes community. And then thank you for joining us today. And we are here to talk about Minute 11. So, Dave, what's going on? What, okay. what happens in Minute 11? All right. So, Minute 11, Ned lets us know that he's in, he's in the insurance business. And uh, Phil, rather not stay in chat. And then steps into the biggest pothole in a brick paved street I've ever oh, seen. Ned Ryerson. Yeah. So that's that's the short of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah, this What's is the about Ned Ryerson. <laughs> Ned is oh, great. Yeah, yeah. Steven Tobolowski is just great. And it's just like it's so perfect because you look at this guy like this is the kind of guy who says anywho. Like right. that's just perfect. <laughs> like that just fits wonderfully now i'm sure you guys probably talked yeah. about him a little bit in the last minute because he was introduced then yeah so i, I won't go too deep but i do want to say that this dude is one of the hardest working guys i've ever seen he's got 250 mm-hmm. acting credits it's insane um but one thing that really stood out and i don't know if you guys ever watched the show glee mm-hmm but he had a character on Glee that was a uh, musical director. He liked doing musicals and stuff like that. But the funny thing is that his name on that show was Sandy Ryerson. <laughs> Sandy Ryerson. So they they knew. They knew what they were doing. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, we're going to call back to Groundhog Minute. Or Groundhog Movie. <laughs> Groundhog Movie. Yeah. Yeah. This this guy works. And we, we, yeah, we, we touched on a little bit last minute and said, like, he just, he must be, he must be a great guy he must be fun to work with because if you're a Tom Cruise, if you're a leading man, if you're a Tom Hanks or someone like that, you know, you've got Oscars or you've got billion dollar blockbusters. You can be an unpleasant person and people will still hire you. But if you're a character actor, if you're this kind of supporting guy, if people don't like you, there's, you know, there's a line out the door of other guys that want to take those jobs. The fact that he keeps getting hired, for series, for movies, for all this other stuff, I think speaks to, um, you know, speaks to what kind of guy this, this, you know, Tobolowski must be. And some of that comes through that certainly the, the Ned character is annoying and, you know, he's a little selfish. He's, he's pushing the insurance thing. He's not just like, oh, let's catch yeah. up. We're old friends. How are you doing? You know, he is trying to take advantage of the situation, but I don't know. I still like him. There's a yeah. hint here that he's been like this his whole life, though, too. 
Oh yeah. Like I was gonna I was gonna date your sister until you told me not to. <laughs> yeah, all right, that that's where I'm curious about. I I brought this up yesterday, but I want to kind of bring up do you think that he was dating Phil's sister and it was like a mutual they both they both wanted to date each other. It wasn't like a one-way stalker thing. Like maybe Phil's sister's actually like a really outgoing person, like the opposite of Phil. And her and Ned were like honestly hitting it off. And no. Phil's like, I don't want no part of this. Like, no, no, I don't no. Want this <laughs> Ned's oh, a you... stalker. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Phil had to step in and say, stop. Stop. Yeah. My sister. Oh, like so he was coming to like his sister's rescue? Yeah. No. He's like, this isn't going to happen. You need to back off. All right. Eh, maybe. I, see, I didn't look at I mean, not not necessarily that they were, you know, going to run off in a lope. I don't know how serious it was. But I would – yeah, I was kind of leaning towards it was more of a mutual thing. And then – So does that make – would that make Phil a bully then? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah? You think Phil grew up as a bully? I, I, the, the more I watch these minutes, I just think that he is so unique in how rude he is. Like I don't think it's like a family thing. I think whatever where all the, the gears in his head when he was growing up in some whatever small town in the Midwest that got him to this moment, he's just been yeah he's he's been just a jerk, and I I, I like to imagine that he has a sister who's like a, a good person. It's funny and, you say that because about the the Midwest city because for the longest time, I thought he grew up here because he knew this person. I thought that he was this was like his hometown or something, and he was. <laughs> Ned was just here and saw him, and that's how they they uh, well, recognized each other. Well, I, okay, I mean, like I see Ned as like some traveling guy who maybe works the Pennsylvania Ohio area because the school he mentions, I can't find if it's a real school, but there's one that matches the same name in Ohio. So I was like, all right, let's just pretend that Phil grew up either in the suburbs of or at least some small towns between Ohio and Pennsylvania. But and that's the thing. What if this town reminds him of his town growing up? And that's another reason he doesn't yeah. like it. He doesn't tell anybody this. But like he's like this street, these people, their mentality. It reminds me of when I was growing up. And like he doesn't tell anybody at work this because he doesn't want to give anyone the advantage that like Phil doesn't like these small towns. But it makes a reason mm-hmm. why he he goes I to think that's, that's spot on. <laughs> He goes to Pittsburgh and he's like, this is a big enough city for me. I need to go bigger. I need to go to like New York. And that's why he's like, I'm going to have a network job, whether it's true or not. He says, I'm going to be a big time network star. Yeah, I'd, I'd like that. Yeah, I think we'll we'll have a touch on that in the next minute. Too. Yeah. Well, so I kind of took it as like, obviously Phil's from around the area. It's not like, oh, he grew up in California and then he happens to run into a guy in Pennsylvania. I took it like he's from yeah. Pittsburgh or maybe he's from the suburbs around Pittsburgh. But yeah, maybe he's he's from a town like Punxsutawney, but he's not from here. Although, no. he could be. I mean, that kind of that kind of puts a, a different twist on on the way he's treating people and kind of his attitude towards this town. If he's, are you saying it's like him angry that no one knows? Like, it's not a thing that no one knows him because they know him as the maybe possibly some people as a local you know city anchorman, but you're saying that I'm trying to think. Well, we, we do now. know Phil's not going to be happy either way. If he's walking yes, down the street way. and people are like, "Hey, it's the weatherman. Hey, it's Phil from Channel Nine, and hey, and all yeah. that stuff," like he would hate that. He'd just be like, oh, you, yeah. you people all suck, you hicks. I, he would not like that. <laughs> but then at the same time, he's not recognized. And he's like, 
I'm a big city weather guy and no one's recognized yeah. me. Like he's he's not happy either way. This this fell is yeah, he's not happy either way, although that 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 changes it if this is his actual hometown. So I have a question for you guys. Would you buy insurance from from Ned? <sighs> you know what? I, <laughs> no, it, it's hard cuz it's like insurance is insurance. It's just I don't know if make, uh, uh, making a nice person, a pretty person, an ugly person, uh, an old friend, a stranger. Like, it's just you're giving money with the promise of this is going to be covered if X, Y, Z happens. Right. It's really hard. It's 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 just like it's just math. You know, <laughs> do you like math? It's like, well, it's just numbers. Like, there's no emotion behind it. There's it's not like you need to remember president names or anything. It's just. Uh, and, and numbers, just numbers in a book. Yeah, and there's there's right. there's not that much difference. And I'm sure I'll have the insurance people out in the audience calling in to correct us and, and sending their angry emails. <laughs> I don't think yeah. there's that much of a difference. Like like Dave says, it's it's math, and like Ned says, it's the actual aerial tables. If you're talking about life insurance or health insurance and that kind of stuff, it's like okay, you're you're a 40 year old man, you're overweight, you smoke. Okay, you know, our the numbers say. You're going to live this long and, you know, you're so you're going to live this long. You're going to pay your monthly premium this many times before you die. And we and we got to make sure that on average you pay more than we have to pay out or you're going to get sick this (laughs) many times a year. This is how much we're going to have to pay out. And we just got to make sure we collect more like the numbers are the same for all the different companies. So in terms of buying insurance to go for one one guy versus another, it's, I guess, are they really nice? Do you like them that you want to do business with them? Or do they basically browbeat you to the point where it's like, all right, if I sign this check, will you leave me alone? Which is what I think the bull is all about. (laughs) Which I think is kind of where, you know, Ned's angle is that he kind of knows what he's doing for a little bit with, with the hard sell. So I got to be honest, I might like, I'm I I can be victimized like that. I may get to the point where I'm like, <laughs> well, because I'm and I can be too nice and and not want to like hurt someone's feeling or like I can't just slam a door in somebody's face. So I might be like, all right, if I buy like a little bit of accidental death and dismemberment, can I get you out the door? <laughs> like, what is it going to take? Right. <laughs> and I bet you, and I bet you, their actuary tables have have accounted for that. They say the average guy you're going to push for. Three hundred dollars worth of insurance. He's going to buy twenty seven dollars oh, yeah. worth. Yeah, you know whatever it is. They they've got you. So when you say that, if I buy this, I don't know twenty seven dollar worth of claim. They're like, okay, and they and they and their tables. They know that you've bought exactly what they believed you were going to buy when they walked in the door. Oh, but they're going to highball yeah. you, and then you're going to feel like you got the deal. Once again, I don't know insurance. I'm just saying it's just yeah. math, and I don't right. think it matters if a pretty person, ugly person, old person. Uh, 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 old friend or a stranger does this. It's really just the same thing. You're, yeah, you're putting. All right, this is another thing that bothers me. Uh, <laughs> that, that kind of puts that puts another thing in my ugh Ned. Like there's a yeah, he seems like a decent guy, but then there's the ugh Ned line, and it's 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 how he where and how he pulls the card out. He doesn't have it in a. I, in, a, in a nice business card <laughs> sleeve, he doesn't go to his briefcase. He pulls it somewhere between his his glove and his sleeve. So it's been sitting there, getting nice oh, and yeah. moist between his glove and his sleeve. And when he pulls it out, it's oh. got crinkles. Like it's. 
It looks it soggy. It looks like it a looks soggy. like he's had the same card for years. Nobody's yeah. taking it. <laughs> you almost expect him. You almost expect him to ask, "Well, oh, can I have that back?" <laughs> like that's his one card. Although that's that's funny you mentioned because that's like that's the same place where old women keep tissues. Oh, like you know, you're like yes. an old grandmother, an old aunt that's got a sweater, and there's like tissues tucked up the sleeve. Like, oh, you need a tissue, and they just pull it out. Like that's the same place. Yeah, yeah that's gonna because he's got this heavy overcoat with the fur lining and these gloves. Like, even though it's yeah. cold, he's got to be sweating under all that. You would think you would think that a real a real salesman would have his business cards like in like in uh, what's it called American Psycho they all have like their nice little envelopes where they have yeah. their things in and they're all in the breast pocket so they reach into their coat grab the breast pocket uh, thing flip it open here's my card and it's nice it's crisp it's got some good black lettering on it his is probably yeah it's like a, it's a cheap uh, mm-hmm. paper carton. And he's just hat, and he says, "Oh, it's easy. I just grab him at, out of my wrist, and I have like one there, and maybe another well, yeah, probably- on my sleeve." And I can Ned's just- the kind of guy who would have a armband that holds like <laughs> oh. five cards. Yeah. So he thinks he's like a superhero. He's like Spider-Man, whipping the cards from his wrist. Yeah, and but he just a- happened to grab the one that was right next to his skin. And it uh, looks disgusting. It's a shame we don't get to see the card. Like, we see Phil look at it, and I'm sure – I mean, nothing, it's not like Buster's going to change about it. But, like, he, his eyebrows flicked up for a second around second yeah. 13. I almost want him to go, wow, you're ser- you're committing yeah. to this. Like, it's almost like a, wow, you're really going to show me this, like, very crinkled and uh, used <laughs> business card as your, as your opening spiel. So for those that don't know, we've talked, you've mentioned it a couple of times. Uh, the actuarial tables mm-hmm. is basically a table saying mm-hmm. that this is your probability of dying. <laughs> That's all it is for those that may oh, not yeah, know. Oh, yeah, yeah. For those that may not know. Yeah, basically based on, you know, your your, your sex, your gender, your male, female, how old you are. And they, they'll figure in like um, occupation and stuff like that. But basically, yeah, how long. Yeah. Do you do we expect you are going to live? Yeah, they they calculate that the same way they calculate how people respond mm-hmm. to certain advertisements. You know, older crowd responded the to these types of, and the younger crowd respond to that. Advertise it like this. It's like it's the same thing. Like there's just a metric for for humans. There's just a, a metric that's like been analyzed by like not just mathematicians, but the like like psychologists yeah. and stuff. They're right. able to like they get mm-hmm. into the mind. And they know exactly. Yeah, they the best placement. Of, well, uh, I'm of sure you, you mentioned it a little bit earlier, Dave. I'm sure maybe they didn't have this level of, of computing power and, and data in the 90s, but certainly now I'm sure that they are taking into account how much, mm-hmm. you know, what's the price point? How much is going to somebody spend? What does it take to, to reach, you know, a certain dollar amount? And not not insurance. I had a recent encounter where I'm convinced this happened. It wasn't insurance, but my refrigerator went recently. And it was just like, it wasn't working. Everything was 50, like the freezer and the fridge, both sides were 50 degrees. Everything was melting. Fortunately, I'm up, I'm up here in the Northeast and it was cold. I just put everything out on my back deck and it, it instantly froze. But so I was kind of searching around. I'm like, and going on the internet. So basically like, how much is this going to cost me? How much should I spend? And where's that threshold? Where does it make sense to just buy a new fridge versus fixing it? And my research turned up is about mm-hmm. $300. If it's going to be more than $300, it's not worth <laughs> it. Just buy a whole new refrigerator. 
under three under three hundred, then think about fixing it. So the guy comes, looks at it, two ninety. Right. You think that's a coincidence? It just happened to come oh. out to I can I can fix this baby up no. two hundred ninety dollars. You think that guy <laughs> didn't do the same googling? He doesn't have the same numbers to know. Well, gee, if I ask this guy for three fifty, oh, I'm going to get zero because he's just going to buy a new fridge. But if I pray, you know, and if I yeah. if I say it's going to be fifty, I'm leaving money at the uh, money on the table. But you know, I can go up, you know. So I'm like two ninety, really? Yes. But that's what it was. Yeah, it was just below that limit where if it was $10 more, I would have just said, eh, forget it. We'll buy a new one. So, so all right. So did, did it, did it like, how long did it, t- I'm guessing you, like you paid the guy to repair it. It was like, yeah, same day. Like, all right, you know, I got the part, which is, that's okay. another all thing. Right. Like, okay, there's like how many dozen different okay. manufacturers of refrigerator. And then they've got all these different models. Compressors. And this and- thing, I mean, we moved... Yeah. We moved into this house about four years ago, and the refrigerator came with the house. So it's at least four years old. I'm thinking it's probably a lot older than that. It's not like yeah. it's the latest model that everyone has. So, But he just happened to have the part we needed in the truck. Yeah, it was in and out pretty quick, like in an afternoon. Take the money and run. Cool. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, then I, get, I think he got you good, and I think you got at least what you believe is the best deal you could because, I mean – Going to the store and you you know that's 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 like that's a little bit of your time you yeah, you and yeah. maybe your wife are gonna you know finagle over price and uh, size and color and and, and 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 drawer space and then yeah you gotta then you gotta get a, either a delivery truck you gotta get in the back of the van well, yeah, yeah I mean I'm not I'm, I'm not complaining because it, it certainly it cost us less much less hassle and much less money than actually getting a new fridge. And then plus we got to go, we got to decide what features do you want ice make or whatever. And then you got to wait for delivery. Like, and then, all right, everything's outside. And then you have one warm day and then they've got to throw everything away or an animal comes by and drinks all our (laughs) beer. And, you know, we can't, you can't leave stuff out back on the porch forever. So, I mean, we got (laughs) it done in a day and it was working and knock on wood, you know, it's been great up to this point, but I just thought like, yeah, that where that came in, where the final bill came in versus the line where we would have just replaced it where that came, I thought was interesting. It goes back to, yeah, it's all, it's all one crap shooting way. Yeah. That's cool. That's, that's little, yeah, that's, that's just, that's just uh, the capitalism. Yeah. yeah so I'm going to, I'm going to jump in and, for a little bit of digression. And I warned, I warned the fellows I was going to do this or that I might do it and take this opportunity to tell you a little story. It'd be story time. Yeah. So gather around, kids. Story time with Uncle Sean. <laughs> should, I, should I go to the bathroom now? Yeah, no, so no, so I'll, I'll tell you the story. If you don't know <laughs> about this Stephen Tobolowski fella, you know, we've we've mentioned him a little bit. We know he was on Glee. We know he's done a lot of uh, – made appearances on a lot of other sitcoms and, and TV shows and, and been in a lot of other movies. What you may not know is the band Radiohead is named after Stephen Tobolowski. Our buddy Tobo is Radiohead, hmm. and so so how does how does that happen? How do you get from A to B there? Yeah. yeah, and I will say this is all from uh, Stephen tells this story in his his wonderful podcast, The Tobolowski Files, which I um, I encourage everyone to check out. He's a really interesting guy and, and a great storyteller. And uh, this this particular story is from episode forty four. The voice from another room, and I'll I'll abridge it so you I'll, you can listen to me, and hopefully you're entertained, and you'll, you'll, the hook will be in you, and you'll be like, I want to hear the rest, 
go check out the the podcast. Um, <laughs> so anyway, back in back in the eighties, Tobolowski was friends with the director Jonathan, Jonathan Demi, and uh, amongst a bunch of other stuff, uh, Demi directed the movie Stop Making Sense with the band Talking Heads. And nice. yeah, so so one day Tobo's walking around with his with his partner Beth and. Uh, Demi pulls up and he's like, hey, I'm going to screening of my new movie. Why don't you come along? So they go along. They they walk into the theater and it's just that the theater's empty. It's just uh, Tobo, his partner, Beth, Jonathan Demi, and the talking heads. And they're there for a screening, an early cut of Stop Making Sense. Uh, Tobolowski and David Byrne, the, the lead singer from uh, the talking heads, get to talking and it turns out, well, uh, his partner Beth was a was a writer who had uh, I forget the name of the movie, but she she had some stuff. She had some movies made. She had written some stuff. And and David Byrne is like, well, listen, I've got some ideas. I'm trying to for my next movie. I'm trying to put something together. Why don't you come over, see what I have, see if you can can make something of it. And what he had, he had a bunch from from touring and you know being in the talking heads and traveling and, and doing the musician touring thing, he'd pick up the, the tabloids when you're checking out in the supermarket just to have reading material on the road, I guess, or something. And they have all these things like the, just the crazy stuff in the Inquirer and the weekly world news and all these other things. And it's always a true story. And as you can, if you know the the next movie that, that David Byrne has made, that the name is true stories, but what he had is just, bunch of just little characters and sketches and just bits and pieces of all these different stories. And he needed someone to bring it together to make a movie out of it. And so, uh, so, so Tobolowski and Beth there or Steven and Beth, they're, they're working on it. They're doing stuff. They're, they're, they're writing whatever. So one night they're hanging out, they're having a barbecue, they're having dinner with David Byrne. And they're talking about the different characters in the movie. And they get to talking about one character who is like a psychic fortune teller type woman from the movie. And Beth is like, you know, Stephen is a psychic. And that's, you know, the quiet kind of like the, the, the same thing happens. There. Everyone's like, <laughs> really? What? Yeah. yeah. So Stephen tells the story that when he was in college in – I guess it was the 60s. So when he was in college, they went on a retreat, like a professor took a bunch of students. They go out in the woods. They sleep in tents. They have a campfire. So one night they're out on this retreat. They get in a circle and the professor says, just say the first thing that comes into your head. We're just going to go around the circle, free association, just whatever you want to say. And kids are saying things like lake and tree and then... Um, you know, just, just random things. Someone says Hobbit or, you know, stuff like that. And it gets to Steven and he comes out with this revelation. And I'm going to, I won't say what it is. I'll hold a little bit back to make sure you really, you guys should check out the podcast, but he basically, he doesn't just come out with this one word free association thing. He, he comes out and says to the, the teacher, you have a secret. You have something you're not telling us. And the everyone's kind of gives them a, a weird eye, a weird look because you know this was kind of fun, and now you made it weird, Stephen. <laughs> so the professor kind of goes, "Okay, well, continue." And the next person goes, and they say, "You know, tree or frog or stick or whatever," because they're out in the woods, and, and they kind of then 
So they have the, the rest of the retreat. And at the end, the, the teacher pulls Stephen aside and says, why did you say that? And Stephen doesn't know. I just I, I cleared my head and you, you, you told me to say whatever pops in my head. And this is what popped in. And the teacher said, you're, you're right. I've been I use an alias that my name is not my real name. Like, I, I don't know how you knew, but you were right. And the teacher's interested in psych ESP and psychic phenomenon and stuff and, and ends up um, having Stephen come over to the house and they do some kind of experiments. And it turns out Stephen has some kind of weird power. And the way he describes it, he says it's like a voice coming from another room that he can hear. And his his girlfriend at the time kind of turns it into a parlor trick. She thinks it's kind of neat and like charges people like 50 cents to, to come over and Stephen will say stuff about them. And I think he has to touch them like he holds their hand or something, some kind of contact, but he hears something. And the more he does it, the more he hears it. He talks about he had trouble just like going to the movies or going out in public. It got to the point where he would just hear something for everyone who was around him. So he eventually just stopped doing it. He, it got, got kind of weird. So he's, you know, he, he just stopped doing it. And so he's telling this story to, to David Byrne and, and, and David's like, seriously. And Steven's like, yes, yes, seriously. This is a, this is a true story. So fast forward like a year. So Stephen and Beth, they finish up the screen, the, the screenplay for true, what would become true stories. They send it over to David Byrne. They don't hear back for months. Finally, um, Stephen runs into David and is like, hey, what, what happened with your script? Uh, or what happened with the script? Did you like it? Not like whatever. And, and David's like, well, no, it was okay, but I ended up rewriting it and I'll, I'll send over what, what I have. So David sends Stephen a copy of the script that eventually got made, and it's completely different. There's, he says maybe there's a dozen lines um, and some basic ideas that they had that made it into the movie. But basically, David Byrne completely rewrites it, doesn't really use what, what they had written. But then he invites – David invites Stephen over say, oh, I, I – you know, in addition to a script for the movie, also had music. And, and David had said, oh, I want to write – I'm not going to use any of the talking head songs. I want to write completely new music just for the movie. And then at the end, so invite Steven over and said, listen, I got this one song I really want you to hear. And it's, it's the talking head song Radiohead. And it's about someone who it's about a psychic. It's about someone who hears voices in their head. And that talking head song Radiohead becomes the name of the band. Radiohead. So Radiohead is oh, Stephen Tobolowsky. Wow. And there is, there's, there's, uh, once again, I will say this is from the Tobolowsky Files, the great podcast, episode 44. I mean, subscribe and listen to them all. But if, if you're looking for a place to start, go to episode 44. There's a lot more to that story that I'm leaving out. One, one just for time, because we have, I have a co-host, I have a great guest. I want to give you guys a chance to talk, but also I want to like, <laughs> I want to put the hook in. So like, I think that's an interesting story. I think you're intrigued, am, but there's, there's more. So I think it's worth, um, worth checking out, but, uh, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things of all the things you pick up a lot when you dig into a movie and you get deep one minute at a time, you definitely, you're yeah, going to no, learn I'm a lot. Too. If whether you're a host or a guest or just a listener, you're going to pick up things that you didn't expect. And at least so far, that's the the most unexpected thing for me. I didn't really think that to come in, but that comes up. It's, it's weird. Um, I mean, Tobolowski is mostly known as, as an actor. He doesn't have a ton of writing credits, but he's listed as, even though most of what he, uh, what he did and what Beth did um, was taken out and eventually rewritten by, by David Byrne, they're still listed. They still have those writing credits for, for true stories. Um, so that's kind of how, how that, you know, how that came to be, how the writing credit came to be, how the song came to be, and then how the band came to be. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Cool. Very cool. Yeah, I, I have I have no trouble believing that this guy's a weird psycho or a weird uh, um, it, it, psycho. Yeah. That's what I meant to say. Well, and he, t- he talks about it in a very matter, matter of fact way, and it's very believable. <laughs> this was not the first episode of the podcast that I listened to, and, and it's very autobiographical. The, the other episodes, it's like a, a an audio memoir. Each each episode of the Tobolowski files of him telling a story of his acting career or, or his childhood growing up and, and, and stuff like that. It's auto, it's autobiographical. It's very, it's very factual. I don't know. I, I assume there's some, you want to make things dramatic and interesting or at the very least there's editing out of the boring parts between the interesting parts that he's telling the story about, but he says it in a way that it's, it sounds fantastical but the presentation is is very ordinary. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I wonder if that was due to his uh, psychologist telling him, shut the door, <laughs> close the door. If you want to keep working, close the door. Yeah, maybe. So, all right. So I want to give, I want to ask a question. Did you, Back in the minute here. I couldn't find this, and maybe I wasn't looking hard enough, but there is a yellow flag with a groundhog on it, and I feel like we need that. Right right, like around minute 54, you could finally – or second 54, you could see the flag dangle down, and you could see what it looks to be the gra- a groundhog uh, on it. And I'm like, I want oh, that flag. Oh, yeah. I, I, okay, I see it. You guys should make T-shirts with that flag on it. Yeah. If I, I, I want to – I'm going to wait till we find a better minute because it's at a distance to hard to get a good look at it. But yeah, you can definitely tell us the shape of it. Uh, yeah. Well, the, yeah, the wind's blowing it. It kind of first pops up around second 47. Um, oh yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Like 55, it kind of, you get the, maybe the best look at it. We'll have to, yeah. Now I want one of those flags. <laughs> right, and, and then another, another, uh, two more. Yeah. Obviously two more annoying things that Ned's doing now is, is the touching, it's like, all right, stop, <laughs> oh. stop grabbing my jacket. Stop, stop like leaning on me. That's one. It's like, not- I, I think we're we're gonna have a theme for these two episodes because touching yeah. comes up in the next. Well, that's too. kind of thing. That's like if, and maybe it's a salesman thing. That's something you do if you're like hitting on someone. Like romantically, you try to make that that yeah. contact, right? And then he asks, yeah. yeah, he asks for dinner, and I'm like, you know, you know, and Phil, Phil literally is not interested, but like. Even if you were mildly interested in getting to know him, uh, uh, you know, like, oh, it's catch up. You know, it's not going to be about catch up. They're catching up. It's going to be like one minute of like 
So how you been? And then just into his insurance bit. And you'd be like, yeah, let me tell you about the single premium life stuff. So what you're going to do is you're going to put in a one-time payment. And depending on how long you live. And that's that's just going to aggravate. You're just like, Ned, you're like, yeah, you're killing any good, any goodwill you have right now. Uh, Just giving me this spiel where you you should be off to wherever you're going to be off to right now, Ned. So one thing I noticed about Ned is he takes these these uh, jabs that Phil's giving him totally in stride and doesn't even remark or, or make the slightest flinch about him. And, and I think that's because he's probably been picked on his entire yeah. life. Mm-hmm. And so this stuff just is like water off a duck's back to him now. He <laughs> Phil makes no qualms about basically blowing this guy off completely and – Ned doesn't have any of it. He just keeps going like a like a bull. Yeah, and and, and it's it's that that plus uh, I'm sure like any of the annoying salesman pitches that people have yelled at. I'm like, oh, get away! And uh, I don't want anything to do with you. And you know, tell him you know, yell at him this way or that. Get out of my office! And so he's just yeah, like oh. he's just like how many self realization conventions <laughs> uh, does Ned go to a year? Uh, at least three. <laughs> You yeah. are great. <laughs> yeah, at least three. And we just end that minute with just Sloosh. huge pot. Oh, how does this <laughs> even happen to a road? Yeah, like that. Yeah, it's like it's such a big hole in that brick. It's like, uh, well, let's let let's hold it. <laughs> let's. Uh, I think we, we we've kind of gone a little bit long. Okay, for uh, for a minute okay, eleven, yeah. we'll get okay. a little bit more pothole to to start off our day tomorrow so i move that we kind of wrap things up yeah sounds good gotta love more pothole anyone have any non non pothole minute 11 related radiohead stories they want to tell no my my last note was splash (laughs) yeah yeah same (laughs) um all right good well yeah well thank you for joining us toms uh let's start let's let's plugs in baby where are the listeners going to hear more of you come on all right. If you want to, if you want to look for me personally, you can check out the Wookie Lives on all social media. If you're looking for my current show, the X Minutes Podcast, you can look for X Minutes Podcast on all social media. We've kind of branded ourselves out there, and check out the show. We talk about X Men. We talk about the X Men movies in a format similar to this cool. one. Very cool. All right, so so well that's that's it for us. Thank you, Thomas, for joining us. Thank you all for indulging me in, in story time. Thank you for listening, and we will see you tomorrow, if there is one, or just today. <laughs> <laughs>